Ricky Baker? Apparently he's a real bad egg. We're talking disobedience, stealing, spitting, running away, throwing rocks, kicking stuff, loitering, and graffiti. There's no one else who wants you, okay? That's my husband, Hector. You hungry? That's a silly question, isn't it? Look at you. <laughs> Is there anything you want me to do? Yeah, leave me alone. Cool. Goodbye, Ricky Baker. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 84, and my name is Scott. My name's Red. My name is Michael. Nice. Have you ever introduced yourself as Straight Red? I think maybe once or twice, okay. actually, perhaps. It's, it's starting to grow on you? Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the weekend film news before our featured review of Snowden of uh, uh Snowden Snowden <laughs> Wait it, it it starts to sound like something else doesn't it uh David <laughs> Matt Damon Oh no uh, Snowden from director Oliver Stone uh so you can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes please do it uh Leave yeah. us a five-star review if you can. Well, you could leave like four or three. No, don't no. leave. Be honest. Be honest. Please be honest. But but leave us a five-star review. Let's be honest. If <laughs> yeah. you listen to the show, it's going to be five. Yeah, and also like be honest because what you're writing in the box isn't going to be really a review. It's actually going to be a recipe. Yes. So I don't want you to lie when you give us a recipe for what? Um, Haggis. Oh no! Whoa! No, don't do that. <laughs> Getting real exotic. Don't do that. No one's gonna. No one knows how to make that. Don't well, know. Let's go for some. I mean, the theme of of animals within animals. Anyways, we so can do. What, you want like a turducken? Something. Some. Some sort of dish that involves animals within animals. Let's leave it sort of vague. Mm, okay, I'm down. The provider we are looking. Oh, I'm. Sh- that's. I'm looking you. right at him as I say these words. Animals we haven't we haven't animals. heard from the provider in quite a while. Yeah, foodception, meatception. Yeah, okay. Hmm, that sounds intriguing. All of our veg- More, like, all of our vegetarian <laughs> listeners just switched off the radio. Yeah, I don't care about. I mean, just kidding. Whoa, I wonder, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a, a vegetarian version where you can just like it's salad. No, but like it's so it's a. Potato, you know, like a, a squash in is stuffed with a green pepper, stuffed with a tomato, a fucking stuffed with a grape tomato. Yeah, like stuffed with a pimento. Like I don't know. Could you keep? Could you do a cool veggie section? Vegception. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, very easily. Probably actually. more easily than the meat. <laughs> uh, yes, go to iTunes, subscribe to our show, the Vertical Produce. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh. Leave leave us your best meat within meat recipe or veggie within veggie recipe. You can go to our website as well. It is verticalviewing.com. We have a donate button there. Guys, what can you do with the donate button? Well, we hope that you would maybe press it or think about pressing it. You click on it. You toss in a couple doge coins. Uh, Some cryptocurrency of actu- your choice. It's actually PayPal. We appreciate whatever you can do. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, Any, all, it all means a lot. Anything helps, right? Even even a dime, even a even a five piece, uh, whatever. Um, I don't know what those mean. 
yes, the donate button uh, helps to offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, uh, slicing off a piece of the internet. And claiming it. Yeah, we put a little flag in it. Uh, you can send your thoughts and recommendations to our email address, which is verticalviewing at gmail.com, on Twitter at verticalviewing, on Instagram at Vertical viewing. Vertical viewing. How are we doing over there? Is there anything going on? Or Hasn't been a lot going on okay. lately. Okay. Not a lot of activity. Well, you know, just wear your best bikini and we'll get a lot more... I hear you. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. we're all. We should all get in bikinis and take some pictures of ourselves. That to me, that seems like what That's Instagram get, is like. Is it? It's basically likes. A, a bikini modeling and food preparation, food display, food, and then pets and total recall pictures. What? Okay. Checking out cool cakes and those little moon pie things. I don't know what those are. What are they called? They look like these cool little cookies with you know whatever <laughs> anyway i'm i have no idea <laughs> um <laughs> macarons macarons oh, mac- are they macarons or macaroons, or macaroons? Oh, those are two I different think, things mac- they are different things the yeah. macarons are like these little cookie things they're yeah, all the, different colors and cool looking they look like mm. they would be soft and tasty and tender but then you bite them and they're like crunchy and they they're not as good as they look <laughs> <laughs> all right well tell us how you really feel about macarons well I mean, unless they're really good. I had a couple good ones that were tasty tender. This is the Vertical Confectionary <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's twice that we've changed <laughs> um, today so far. So let's get into it, guys. Red, I don't think you, you have not been busy on the old what it, we've been watching. No, it's been, a, it's been a slow week in my household. There has been an illness being passed around. So uh, I did get one opportunity to Isn't do... that the perfect time to watch stuff, though? Mm-hmm. Uh no, not really. Because if I'm not sick, then I got to take care of. Oh uh, yeah, okay, that the makes baby. sense. Um, so the only time that I had to myself, I knew that it might be my only time. So I made a conscious choice, and I played No Man's Sky. So you said, I said I want to love this game, and then you set your desktop wallpaper at work to No Man's Sky. Yeah, like in, as in you were honor. saying, as you were saying that you like might not like it anymore. I was saying like I still I'm still playing. I uninstalled it today. Oh. <laughs> I just I love I love that red sort of in to justify your love, quote unquote. You're like, "Well, I'm going to set the desktop to my to in my computer desktop to No Man's Sky. See if that does it <laughs> does any better. It'll just help prolong the experience. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I enjoy it. I enjoy it as a time sink. Like, if I'm being honest with myself, like, it's got all the stuff that I look for in a video game. If I want conflict, I'll just go start shooting at the the droid bot things. The Sentinels. Yeah, the Sentinels. I, I got a pretty powerful uh, multi-tool. So, like, I can take a bunch yeah, out yeah. and I can take out the dog-sized ones. and It's fun, you know. It, but, like, managing the slots and... Upgrading your guy, like if that is kind of fun. I um, want a better ship. I just, I wish that the game itself looked better. It's so hideous, choppy. I can't, it's choppy. I can't handle looking at the it. way it, it generates as you fly around. Like it generates right in front of your eyes. <laughs> it's, I, I get That's the idea. You know, the procedurally generated thing is awesome. But not when I can see it happen. When you watch it happen, it it really loses magic. Like you really don't feel like you're discovering anything. It feels like just some computer code is just generating in front of you, and yeah, 
I still like it. Fair enough. It's sad that it's tomorrow, I believe, is going to mark a uh, a full month since Sean Murray has tweeted anything. The producer of the game really has has not spoken to the world in a, in a full month since the disastrous. Let's be honest. Was it disastrous though? Yeah, well, I, I would I mean, say like people can, people want their money back. Considering like the yeah. amount of of refunds that actually got sort of escalated, Which, I guess like nor, like in normal situations, I don't think these refunds would have happened. But in, I don't in, the, in the case how of they allow them, in like, the case of this game, the stuff, like the retailers s- seeming like Amazon and Steam and even PlayStation seems to sort of relax their policy. Wait, a I can bit. get a, I can get a refund on PlayStation. Try it, man. Might Honest be able to God, to, which Give, to me is crazy. Like all these people, every single person nah, that's fine. I paid that has it. gotten a refund because they didn't like the game, or they say they it wasn't what they paid for, or whatever. I I I cannot believe your luck. I, and well, and also like in this day and age, when you have so many avenues to see what a game is like, this is why you don't pre-order. First of all, ever. I know you did. And I'm happy, and because you, you I love it. For. But it, but this is why you don't, and you wait for the reviews to come out. You wait a week, you wait two weeks, yeah, to see not? what happens with the game. It why might not? be a disaster, and you go, "I'm so glad I didn't get it." I just wanted to support this company. I knew they needed support from the beginning. The game wasn't finished when I paid for it, and I knew it's still not finished now. I know, but I knew that my money was going to help people that were making something awesome and new. And even if this game's a failure, all these people are going to go on to continue making awesome new stuff. Are, are, are they? Are, are they in the Cayman <laughs> Islands just, like, counting cash? Wow. I, don't, I wouldn't call this game a failure by any means. It's simply, if I had to label anything as a failure, it's the marketing of it. They blew it completely out of proportion. The game itself is okay. Like, you, you still enjoy playing it, yeah. and lots of people do. Uh, it's just not as grand as everyone wanted it to be as they were promised yeah having a center stage at e3 is ridiculous like going on the colbert rapport like what whose idea was that like what (laughs) like that is crazy not even colbert like late night with Stephen stephen colbert even bigger stage so i don't know if if it's just over marketed i guess or i think it might be a case of people's expectations were just set a little too high is it a, it's just a strange kind of game to do that with? Like, why would you have a giant marketing campaign when you realize For Minecraft? That, and it's just like the game is really basic, so you kind of don't. You're not going to have giant busts. Like the the sides of buses aren't going to have No Man's Sky ads on. I think, it, I think the answer is they realized that it was only they could only do so much, and they said, "Shit, we need to make sure everyone buys it right off the bat." But I think before it's, they know what it is, yeah, <laughs> and it still was a hit. So yeah. Um. Mike, what do you got? Well, as I sit here drinking some gypsy tears, it reminded me that earlier in the week I watched The Hunchback of Notre Dame what? from Disney. Have you ever seen this? So the nineteen ninety six film? You ever With seen it? The animated gargoyles. No, yeah. I have not seen oh, dude, I wish it was I wish it was the T V show Gargoyles. Oh that is amazing. Um I like the Hunchback of Notre Dame because it's so different from other Disney animated movies. It is dark. Like, I remember seeing it when I was a kid and not really liking it very much simply because there's a lot of adult themes. Like, the bad guy, um, Frollo, I think is his name, which is a great... <laughs> it makes me think of YOLO all of the time. Frollo? Um, 
he at the start of the movie he kills Quasimodo's mother. He's about to drop him down a well, at, like as a baby, his, as a deformed baby. Drop him down a well. Except then the priest at Notre Dame tells him, "Don't do that. You're going to be damned." Uh, so he lets Quasimodo live in the bell tower of Notre Dame and raises him. But this guy, he's he hates gypsies. He's trying to purge. Paris of all of them but then Esmeralda comes along and she's a sexy gypsy woman and he gets infatuated by her mm, she changes his mind well no 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 Demi Moore I believe yeah it's Demi Moore yeah. he, he doesn't change his mind he just wants her like he, there's a song about him desiring and lusting after her in it uh, and if she won't be his she, he's gonna kill her like she won't be anybody's it's French it has to be sexy it's it's so intense and like it's one of the few Disney films where, you know, like Quasimodo, you know, the lovable hunchback who falls in love with beautiful Esmeralda, but she doesn't love him. Like, it's not a Beauty and the Beast sort of thing where she Yeah, it's unrequited. In- like, he knows yeah. she doesn't love him back. He doesn't yeah. expect it. He's like, no, I'm a hunchback. Well, in, see, in this, the gargoyles are like, no, no, she's totally into you, man. And then she shows up with a wounded captain of the guard who makes out, they make out in front of Quasimodo. And he's like, oh, shit. Why did I think that she would ever like me? And that doesn't, like, he saves her life by the end of it, but she still doesn't go for him. Yeah, he's just selfless. Yeah. I don't know, like, did, did this movie do well? Because I, I, I can't think of a single song from it that made it into oh, popular culture. Uh, like, I, it didn't, like, it didn't really do anything. Like, I, even Pocahontas seemed to make more of an impact I think than this one. God Help the Outcast or something like that. What? Was a, the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah. The music is actually pretty good. The, uh, this is, the numbers are, <clears throat> like, re- suitably epic. It's just not... It's not really a kid's movie, right? Yeah. It's not a family movie. Yeah. By it's an interesting means. choice of source material. Really? Well, yeah, I, I remember this movie getting crazy good reviews, like you know, like ten out of ten, five star reviews from everything. Like, well, I like I really like it, but it's just who are they? Who did they make this film for? Is is what I think the problem? Like, this came out just after the Lion King. Yeah, it was po- Lion King, Pocahontas, then this, yeah, and then and then stuff started. The audience started getting really weird. Where did you? You know, then a few years later, we got Emperor's New Groove, which is one of the best Disney movies of all time. Oh. Absolutely. Um, well, because then we got shit like Tarzan, and then we got into Hercules. That's Tar- when the music got better and the animation got better at the same time. Tarzan these, is really good, though. But these movies didn't really make the sort of cultural impact that it you was, know Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King did. There was a shift. Like Lion King sort of capped off, and Pocahontas followed this formula, but like the musical numbers the fun stuff like in Aladdin and Little Mermaid and all of that started to change. Like there's still musical numbers in Hunchback, but they're like epic and intense. And then we get Tarzan where there's no musical numbers. It's just Phil Collins serenading us the entire film while we watch. Oh, it's so good. The Phil Collins. <laughs> is it yeah. really? It's Phil Collins. good, man. I know. Have, Phil I, Collins have I told this story on air? My Phil, Phil Collins, Collins is Tarzan. super dope, but Tarzan sucked, didn't it? Okay. I, I liked it. I went on a trip once. It was one of the best trips of my life. But it was to it was in a place where it was not English speaking. Uh and in our little villa we had a VHS uh player on our TV and a few like surf tapes and then this one English tape that was the making of the soundtrack to Disney's 
Tarzan. <laughs> what? And needless to say, we just had stuff playing all the I, I time. Th- I think you've told me this story before. Like this tape got played. We just had it looped an over and over. Infinite number of yeah. But it's because it was so interesting. Like Phil Collins did every instrument and every lyric in the whole soundtrack in five languages. Wow. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was released anywhere, they heard Phil Collins. Every instrument, every language. Unbelievable. That's pretty fucking awesome. Since then, I've just been like a, a real Phil Collins you know, fan. Goddamn well, I was hero. already on board. But so like when you're, when you're like circling your murder victim, you sort of say like, hey, do you like Phil Collins? And if they say like, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? If they turn around, they're like, "Oh hell yeah, Susu Studio, man! Like, no jacket required is the jam." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> and, and you then can you, walk." And, and then you look in the mirror and like flex while you're, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I watched the hunt for the wilder people, the wilder people. I thought you were gonna say Red October. No, it's a good one though. So this is from Taika Waititi, the guy who did. Oh. Oh right, this is this uh, came after what we do in the shadows, right? That's that's right. This Most movie recent project came out last year. So you got Sam Neill in this movie. He plays this uh, sort of crotchety old uncle kind of dude. But the main character of this movie is chubby thirteen year old Maori kid wearing a Tupac uh, jacket who's just bumming around New Zealand. He's uh, coming out of a foster home, and he gets paired up with this couple, Sam Neill and his wife, in the in the edge of the wilderness in New Zealand. So New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. Uh, but it's 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 a really great movie. I, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't think that that's a bit overboard. No, I'm not necessarily one for labels, but how would you, what genre is this? This would be a comedy. Uh, like character dramedy? The, the, the drama is very light. I, I would say that it's a quirky comedy nice. with dramatic elements. Okay, okay. Um, I was worried that it was going to try and touch me and be all in the field. I wish it did more. Honest to God, I wish, I wish it, I wish it had a better, did a better job of touching your feels, mm-hmm. which sounds really weird right now. Um, but it it has a lot of elements of Swiss Army Man in it. Nowhere near as good. Makes me appreciate just how incredibly special and magical. Swiss Army Man uh, truly is. Uh, but basically, you know, this this kid, Ricky Baker, shows up at this farm. Rookie. Ricky. Ricky. He's a real bad egg. Oh, Ricky's a bad egg. He's a bad egg. Bad egg. Egg. Bad egg. Bad egg. Bad egg. All right. I think you guys got stuck in a loop there. Um, <laughs> but it feels like a sort of a Wes Anderson. It feels really like Moonrise Kingdom in New Zealand with hmm. a bit of a sort of I don't know more raw like it feels a bit like kind of like what we do in the shadows it's not like a documentary though mm. um I wish it was better though I honestly do but it's still good it's, it's really not... good you guys got to see the hunt for the wilder people basically I don't want to give too much away but Sam Neil you know something happens to his wife and the kid runs away eaten by a T-Rex close uh a wild boar uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> no but there, there's a there's a basically a, a whole subplot of the kid running away into the forest and then the police thinking that sam neil who's gone after this foster kid he's taking care of to save him he's like oh you know he's kidnapped 
this kid and hmm, the police okay. are after them and hmm. um yeah I, there's a really great lord of the rings reference they're hiding from the authorities like it's this nice sort of uh sort like of under the root of the tree a, exactly you know where i'm going here like yeah. a profile shot of this big sort of root with this pathway up top and the, the authorities are walking along the top and sam neil and the little kid are sort of hiding under this root and trying to flatten themselves against the the rock and as like, though it were Frodo and the race. Yes, but like that's what you're thinking as you're watching this, and they're trying to be as quiet as can as is they it, can. Is it the same tree? It might. That would be really cool if it is. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But they're hiding there, and then Ricky turns up to Sam Neil and he goes like, "It's like Lord of the Rings." <laughs> and he's like, "What? It's like Lord of the Rings?" <laughs> like, I don't know. I really lost it at that. There's a few really great moments, but it's not as funny as I really wanted. It's no, nowhere near as hilarious as what yeah. we do in the shadows. But then it's not as like dramatic and touching as you want it to be. It occupies this sort of middle ground of just... Mm, is it just okay? Well, no, no it's, it's, it's unique, but I, it feels like a missed opportunity to really do something awesome with this. Maybe... Uh, I don't... I always material. mispronounce his name, but... Uh, Taika? YTT? YTT? He's doing Thor Ragnarok. I mean, in terms of these other, the smaller, like, little comedies that he likes to do, maybe he's still, you know, figuring out who he is as a director. Like, the what That's we do fair. in the shadows is, like, a really strong idea, and it sort of stumbles in a few out. places, yeah. I mean, it's fun, but you don't have to do a lot in terms of the plot, like, arc. I just... I think I went in with maybe too high expectations. You, you guys see this. Let me know. You guys might really, really love the hunt for the wilder people. Cool. Really, he uses the word heaps. He's like, oh, yeah, I got heaps of shit on my on my boots. You know, the, yeah, heaps everything is a great is word that heaps. we don't use. Yeah. It's like reckon. Um, and there's, mm. a, <laughs> there's a really, really awesome scene where he sort of tries to fake his own death. So what he does is he takes some of his clothing and stuffs it with hay and just like lights his clothes on fire in the barn like <laughs> thinking that when people find and he like makes a paper plate and draws a face on it like thinking that when the authorities find this burned pile of clothing they'll be like oh that there he's dead amazing um it, it it feels sort of like there was all these opportunities to make these magical leaps that they never really do and mm -hmm. it, it, it really feels like a new zealand version of moonrise kingdom uh some dope cinematography like New Zealand you can't film anything in New Zealand and like you point your camera wherever you want and it's it looks nice gonna look good mm -hmm. the hunt for the wilder people done done check good stuff uh anything else Mike do you so you didn't get a chance to watch any gallivant at all did you no no I simply saw that it I found it on my Netflix and added it and well, I I was like, do, time to was like, do I watch this? Plus button. Do I watch this or do I play No Man's Sky? And we all know what happened. No Man's Sky. I uh, started watching Mad Men because I've never seen the show. Uh, it's oh, very topical. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I've been very curious about it for years. As oh, well you've myself. never seen it? Either. No, no. Uh, not bad. The first few episodes didn't really grab me. Uh, I thought I didn't care about any of the people that were in the show. I just kept watching because it portray portrays the sixties so well. I hear anyway, and I can't believe that just a short while ago, this is how things were. And this is how the like, men treated women in the office. And 
just blows my mind all Drinking of the time. Drinking and smoking all the time and just like treating of, women like what, a totally different class. One of the episodes I just watched, uh, one of the guys, they've been drinking all night, and he's like, oh, I guess I should go. I'll grab one for the road. Takes a glass full of vodka, just goes into his car, um, and uh, Don Draper, like John Hamm's character, the main the main character of this, stands on the porch. He's like, nope, that's not your car. Yep, yeah, there you go. And then just hear the car, like, squeal away. This guy is mm-hmm. done. Like, what? Okay, that's that's how they did things back then. And so the show is about a lot more than just the, yeah, the, the marketing, the, the inner workings of a marketing company, right? Like, is Don Draper's character has some sort of bizarre, like, origin story? Does he not, or he's not even who he says he is? Well, it's, is it literally the whole, like an, that's the whole that's series? Like the first season. Is this like an Armin Tam? Yeah, as far as I know, this is an Armin Tamzarian situation. Do you remember from I The Simpsons? I think you might be spoiling the whole series for Mike at the moment. Well, no, no, because you know he's not who he's. You learn in episode three. I've never I think. seen it. How can I spoil something I've never watched? You learn what, accidentally. Hey man, you say you know what's going on in Game of Thrones and you never watch it because it's everywhere, right? So in the first season, you, you know that his name or his, wasn't Don Draper, mm. and you learn a little bit about him. Um, so I, I guess if that could carry on for the entire seven seasons, I don't know. I'm almost done season one, but. Hmm. You, you I, learn a little bit more about who he is. I've watched a little, and all I remember about season one is that the whole thing is that they come up with uh, they're they're working for Lucky Strike, and they come up with it's it tastes toasted. better toasted. It's toasted. They're like, but everybody toasts their tobacco, and they're like, yeah, but only we say we do. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting seeing that whole marketing campaign, and and because there's on the side of Ronald Reagan, Nixon, Reagan, Reagan, Ronald Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Nixon, whoever was running against Kennedy. Well, I can't think of it right now. Um, before Kennedy was elected. And so they're trying to figure out shit. How do we, how do we make him win? But you see all these ads that get put out by the Kennedy campaign and they're always two or three steps behind they're like shit. Like they're making this guy look great. How do we, how do we fix this? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's worth checking out. It takes a little bit to get into it. At least it did for me. Uh, I know it's super behind the times at this point, but whatever. It's is on the Netflix. Show, is the show still going? It's over, right? It's over. Seven seasons, 13 episodes each. It's AMC, so, you know, they're limited. They can't really swear. It's I, you, wait, I, I, It's not an like R-rated 18? No. Over, it's not? Okay, because I saw a GIF from this of somebody's toe. Like, There's like a lawnmower or something running over someone's that's possible i mean walking dead is on amc too and they're super violent but they just don't really swear what the fuck (laughs) you can show people getting decapitated but you can't no nudity or swearing can't say shit and also they're they're zombies so you can just so like decayed bodies getting hacked apart oh they're not really people quote unquote they're corpses they're walkers (laughs) well other people get violent like someone was decapitated in walking dead so you know i'd I'd love to see like a like a bubble graph or like a sort of cloud map of all of the different terms that hollywood's invented like clickers sidestep last of us are they're called clickers and then like you know the rushers or some shit or like reavers it's just like all of the garbage names that are the same thing zombies yeah ragers like Oh, so much. How do we get to that from... Oh, right, AMC. Um, yeah, Mad Men. If you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. It's on Netflix. 13, yeah, okay. 13 episodes a season isn't too bad. It has a lot of 
diehard fans. I know that. So uh, I watched Side Effects. Did a rewatch of Steven Soderbergh's Side Effects. Have you guys seen this movie? Uh, how old is this movie? 2013, starring uh, Jude Law, Rooney oh. Mara, Channing Tatum. No, it's on my to-watch list. It's been on my to-watch list for like two years. I love this movie. I love this movie. Side effects. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is in it as well. So basically, Rooney Mara plays this depressed girl whose husband gets out of jail for insider trading on Wall Street. Uh, she's having a hard time adjusting to him back uh, home from prison. And so she decides to take this new experimental drug that Jude Law prescribes for her, who is also on the payroll of this new pharmaceutical drug, basically giving him like 50K to, to essentially push this per script. Antidepressant. This is the one you want to tell people is the best. Give it to them. So this it is actually subsidizes like it's free, like for the patient. Like they said, this drug um, is Ablixa. It's free of charge. Take it, because that's not weird, right? I think it actually happens though, man. Like I think doctors will offer in the states. There are certain drugs that doctors will say, I. I have to legally tell you, I am, you know what I mean? I am sp- essentially sponsored by this. Yeah, they get... Uh, it's crazy. Like Tony Hawk, you know, sponsored by Vans. Valium. Yeah. You have a doctor be like, sweet, Pfizer's got my back, yo. <laughs> so is this just basically limitless? So this movie is great. Side effects. Um, it didn't hold up as well as I wanted to on a rewatch, but it's it's great because it has like a Hitchcocky and twist. Like... You go into this movie, and I will pitch it to you guys as like a takedown of the pharmaceutical industry. That's what this movie appears to be on the surface. Like, oh, imagine you know, the dark, dangerous, shitty things that pharmaceuticals do to people who are depressed. You know, what a gotcha. what a sad reality. That's not what this movie's actually about. Channing Tatum's character takes a very interesting turn early in the movie, uh, and then it turns into like a much more sort of Hitchcock almost cat and mouse thing with Jude Law and Rooney Mara um I don't want to give too much away but some you know there's there's a big twist in the first 20 minutes that is amazing oh, early so it's not like limitless at all it's not like limitless in any shape or f- form other than there's a drug yeah and the drug basically becomes I don't want to give too much away but th- the drug there, there's insider trading happening. So she sleepwalks. There's a side effect of this, uh, hence the title. There's a side effect of this antidepressant that causes sleepwalking. Her sl- Rooney Mara's sleepwalking. Somnambulism. Her, her sleepwalking involves her in a very horrible incident. And that incident is used in a way to affect the stock price of this drug so that some people can make some money on it, perhaps. Mm, okay. Super interesting. interesting like... It's a super interesting plot that has some awesome, like, interesting twists. Hmm. Steven Soderbergh is my jam. I'll hit anything that he puts up. He hasn't made a movie since this one in 2013. He's I don't think it was received very, very well, was retired. it? Retired. Not really. He made a movie several months later, Behind the Candelabra, which is amazing. That's the Liberace movie with Michael Douglas. Mm. Oh, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon is incredible in the lib- guys. Watch Behind the Candelabra, please. Watch 
I've heard really both of good these things. movies. It's incredible. Matt Damon basically plays Liberace's lover. Bi- yeah, lover, but he just his bitch. I don't want to use that term, but yeah, I guess so. Because he, he, the things that he forces Matt Damon to do are just like the most ridiculous things. Like Matt Damon gets all this plastic surgery. And he looks ridiculous. Like his face looks absolutely ridiculous in this movie because they do for they do all this fake plastic surgery to him, and he's super cut. Like he's wearing these tiny little speedos with this plastic surgery and dyed hair. Like it's it's wild, man. It's good. Hmm. Steven Soderbergh's two like the two last films he made are like some of his best in a while, and then he just said, "I'm done. Gonna go make a." The Nick or whatever the hell that. Oh yeah, with uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen show. Um, anything else? Nope, not for me. Not for me. The only other thing I have, I played the Attack on Titan Wings of Freedom video game. And what kind of innovations are we talking about with this new, like, innovation? Incarnation. Yeah, because if it's just this, like sequels come out too much now. They're no, it's just new levels, like. Besides new levels, what are the innovations in this new... Is there Was there an, an Attack on Titan game before this? Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Titanfall. No. It's not what we're talking about. I, I, I apologize. Have you stay, seen Attack on Titan? Stay with us here. Yeah. Oh, God. So Attack it's, on it's, Titan. It's called Attack on Titan Wings of Freedom. It's a video game based on the anime where you are uh, floating above... You know, you're, you're basically... I have these awesome, you know... Wire harness, wire launchers, launchers, three directional maneuvering. It's awesome, man. Three dimensional maneuvering. So you've got these cool, like they're kind of goofy. It is, but in (laughs) playing it in the game, it's perfectly made for a video game. I'll be honest. It's this open world thing where you're sort of let loose in this city, and you can sort of Spider Man your way across these buildings, and then you take down these goofy ass looking fucking titans. They don't look good. Well, they just, like, some of them run. They're just like, oh, so hey. Re- like, they literally <laughs> yeah. run, like, these weird. So it's pretty uh, faithful it, to, like, to the show. If you've seen the show, the way that the Titans look. They're is, all weird, mutated. It's super things. janky. Like, yeah. some of them look like clowns and shit. It, like, it, it gets wacky as hell. Um, I, I always wondered how that would, like, translate if it wasn't to an anime style. Like, their faces, like, sometimes in those goofy grins. Yeah, that's... You see a ton of that with these weird people. I guess they're all generated randomly. Some of them are really tiny. Some are super huge. And the way that you take these guys down is awesome. You sort of focus in on them, and then you get to target a certain body part, and then sort of jack your wires into them, and then you get sort of sucked or drawn right into a body part and you're sort of flying around and twisting around like sort of like when you take an AT-AT down it feels a bit you know you know when you oh, guys yeah. do that yeah all the time uh it, it has the same feeling as that um and then you get that complete subjugation <laughs> like it's you, when you cut that back part of the neck you cut the nape yeah like you can see the nape uh health and you take it down you get these awesome slices you you know sort of refill your sword and your gas power it's pretty good stuff it sounds like a lot of fun check out some just some it's it's janky the controls are really gets really ghetto like <laughs> like it's like you get caught like on I was, stuff all i was the time. with you until you just said that the controls are bad yeah i'm sorry you can't play if the controls aren't good the game's not worth playing it's, it, it, it they're not bad they're just not great so well, doom's controls are amazing nothing controls as good as doom i would say 
But yeah, Attack on Titan, Wings of Freedom. Check it out, guys. It's pretty... Like, it makes sense as a game to, to take down these cool Titans. Like, it's... But it looks like a PS3 game. Yeah, I'll probably stick for with it. For sure, it looks like a PS3 no, game. that's too bad. Destiny Rise so it looks like a PS3 <laughs> game and the controls are bad. Good review. <laughs> I'm so excited to play this game well, where now. Else, where else can you... It's a beta, though, isn't it? No, this is a full game. Mm. Um, there was a beta last year, but where else, guys? Where else can you fire you know sweet spider-man wires into buildings swing across the spider-man games i wish they the were skyline. as cool as spider-man wires though and then where what other game though can you take down weird muscle guys with no junk just like slice ken dolls just ken dolls just slicing through ken dolls with no skin with uh, weird joker smiles and muscle mus- musculature showing i have streets of rage okay <laughs> or like a spider-man game like you said um i've always wondered about these like 3d maneuvering things because they're really not good like what do they have like four of those shots on each side and like how are they actually working like is there a mechanism in there reeling them back in so that they continuously don't think about it too much because it's pretty cool to look at so even though anime is more about like how it looks rather than i know but this one to me doesn't even really look it's like they're carrying huge missile launchers on their hips so they're not shooting missiles even though the controls are only okay do you get at least a good sense of speed and maneuverability? Big time. Okay. Like, especially when you're sort of getting sucked, you know, get like reeled into a body part and then you get your sword out and... Do you get little slow motion? Yeah, yeah. It sort of goes Super Saiyan. Like, it's good. Okay. Let's get into news. Let's do it. Checking out the news, the top story, in my opinion, if we're going to maybe do this best of, best of the week. In order of most exciting. Well, I don't know. So a story of the week for me would be that Benicio Del Toro is probably going to be in the new Predator movie. 
Oh, yeah, I had heard about that. Shane Black is putting together his Predator movie to shoot in Vancouver. Benicio Del Toro is in talks to be the lead. Your thoughts, guys? Like the Predator? He'll be the Predator? I don't think so. (laughs) Was it specifically that he's in talks to be the lead? Or is this going to be another he would be like Scott the prota- Eastwood? I think he would be the protagonist. Like he'd be the sort of top build actor. The that would the, the be, person who likely survives the entire ordeal till the end. You know that would be really fun to watch. So he's going to be the one kicking ass like Arnie did back in eighty seven. Is this my question to you guys? Is so we have the Sicario sequel coming out. Soldado. Soldado, starring Benicio Del Toro as his, like, solid snake kind of character from Sicario. The Sicario. Basically just going to Venezuela or Colombia, right? He's going to Medellin. 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 To just kick some ass. At the end of Sicario, we're left with some sort of open-ended action revenge story that could take place with Benicio Del Toro's character. Anyway, is that does that lead into Predator? Why not just make both at the same time? So yeah. so the sequel to Soldata. Yeah, so sequel Predator. Right? Sicario 2 Predator 1. <laughs> <laughs> so we we so we see the Sicario Benicio's character but how cool going to get revenge, they, but then fighting a predator. What? I, how cool would that be? Teaming up with the predator. Oh, oh man, to take down like a drug cartel. No, see, that would have to be the third Sicario, second Competing predator. Competing against the predator no. to hunt for the same target. Oh, oh shit. Con- yeah, there you go. You have to convince the predator that these, like, you have to convince the predator that the, 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 this drug cartel that he's trying to take down, like, convince the predator that this drug cartel has no honor. And then. The predator will be. Oh, well, and we gotta get you know. Mm. They're not. They're not noble warriors like you are. So you have to fight them. Just like how predator won't shoot you if you don't have a weapon, right? Is that how? Well, he won't. Yeah. Shoot Arnold Schwarzenegger after they've been having like that sweet showdown. Well, they're just laughing at each other, like. That's <laughs> 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 pretty great. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, if there's one thing I learned from the best Predator film of all time, Alien vs. Predator. Uh, <laughs> AVP Requiem. <laughs> oh, God. So bad. Yes, they don't shoot you if you're unarmed. So are we going to get like a cool Alien-Predator mix like we had at the end of Alien versus? I want an alien chestburster to come out of a Predator. It's already happening. It was awful. I know, but it happened at the end of the movie and then we didn't see anything. Yeah, Requiem. Yeah. No, like it Requiem, the whole movie. Oh. Alien vs. Predator Requiem, the second one. Okay. Was that... It was all like Predator aliens? It was a Predator alien, and what he did to... A Predalien? To, yes. Pralien. Predalien. To, Praline. To, Pralines. To, 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 repro- <laughs> to reproduce in that awful film, it would walk up to pregnant women, and its inner mouth would like shoot into them. Like it would it's use its mandible things to wrap around their head, and then like turn their baby into like a litter of aliens. It was weird and mm-hmm. not good. It sounds scientifically accurate. Yeah, accurate. Okay. It's well, like species, right? <clears throat> Looping back, I guess uh, Benicio <laughs> del Toro. I'm I'm down for that. 
I could see him kicking some serious ass against the Predator. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of these movies that were really bad, so we're going to ignore all of those, and he's probably going to make one that's closer to the good side. Well, let's get him on the show when he's in town filming to see what he has to say. Yeah, we'll talk to him. Let's get hope his. there's a scene where he um, he executes uh, a Predator's family at the dinner table. <laughs> you know what? I would happily watch that scene. <laughs> uh, moving on, Brian Singer revealed... The villain. So on the commentary track for X-Men Apocalypse, I'm never going to watch that. Um, but he did reveal that the next villain in Wolverine 3 is going to be Mr. Sinister. Yeah, I don't care. So who who is he? Mr. Sinister. I remember him as having like... Is he in the Sinister Six? Eyes, yeah. He was. he put together the Sinister Six. Uh, he, I think, was like a 19th century scientist that Apocalypse gave powers to. So it doesn't actually make sense in the continuity of this film for him to be like his comic character. So I have no idea what they're going to do with him. Interesting. I thought the, I thought they were going to have the Sinister Six <clears throat> in the Andrew Garfield Sony. That's what they were setting Spider-Man up. Spider-Man universe. That's what okay. they were setting up. So they've managed to bring over. I guess. I don't. Was he part of the Sinister? I don't remember. Know anything about if, the Sinister State? If you guys recall, which I I don't blame you if you don't, at the the stinger at the end of X Men Apocalypse was a tease to Wolverine three, some sort of Essex Corp. Like you, you yeah. saw like a, a leather satchel that said Essex Corp on it. Oh, Essex Corp is Sinister's. His name is Nathaniel Essex, right? Yeah. Mm. So, so if we we might have known this already. If we cared about the... If we were really into the minutia of the stingers. I'm sure we talked about the stinger on our review, but... We didn't break it down. I didn't care because I just watched X-Men Apocalypse. (laughs) That that movie... Wanted to get the hell out of there. Is better than... We wanted to get the taste out of our mouths. Is is it better than Suicide Squad? Uh, No, I still preferred Suicide Squad even though it was a mess. That's like because there was some cool stuff. Comparing you, canker sores and paper cuts. It's a Sophie's choice, you, you right? Got, yeah, you got El Diablo in Suicide Squad. His final form that was pretty sweet. That's true. So, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything cool that happens in the entire movie of Apocalypse, other than the one <clears throat> Quicksilver scene, and other than Apocalypse doing some sweet costume design. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. His superpower, the fashion. <laughs> The fashion consultant. Uh, so the last Guardian got delayed again. Surprise, surprise. To December 6th. Still this year, though, so that's not so bad. So if you don't know what the last Guardian is, um, that's okay. Because this game was originally revealed at E3 in June 2009. And it was... Uh, Set. It's a little game that could, um, that might. It, it was set for release in uh, in the fall of 2011, and here we are, five years later. Um, so if you played a, a game called Shadow of the Colossus, or if you played Ico or Eco, depending on who you ask, uh, these are like classics of the action adventure game genre. Like Shadows of the Colossus really took the gaming platform. That was so its, good. It really used it to its... Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, in the top 10 games ever made. It is a masterpiece. Right? Like, it's yeah. a, pin- a pinnacle of of the actual art of gaming. So, they've only made two games. This this studio called Team 
Team Ico, Team Eco, they've only made two games. They revealed The Last Guardian, which looks like a mashup of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. It's sort of like an escort mission. You're escorting, say, a friendly Colossus through these... <laughs> Actually, that's pretty accurate. Puzzles cool. and mazes, right? Like, you have this furry little bird creature. Which is huge. Not little. <laughs> yeah. You can communicate. It's like pretty... you, you got to use it to... Com- interact with other colossi i don't think so Coloss- i think it's just it's coloss colossi yeah <clears throat> i wish there was more than one creature i doubt it i think it's just going to be you going through a castle trying to get yourself to the you know you know through these mazes but also figure out a, a way to get your your giant bird creature through all the platform you know yeah elements and all that shit i've heard uh from reading some of the stuff of being able to play it at E3 or where Sony, whatever the hell that was, uh, that sometimes it'll listen to what you want it to do and other times it won't, like a real animal. I'm not sure I want to play a game where, like, call, come here, do this, and it just walks the other way. <laughs> I'm going to guess that's, like, scripted, so at certain points, like, the puzzle you're doing will be like, oh, I need to get here, so you call your... Or your creature, and it doesn't, you know what I mean? You you have to find a different way across this platform because the creature's not listening to you at this particular moment. Or it could be like in uh, a certain tabletop game that I may or may not play. Actually, we all played it here on the show. So uh, handle animal is an attribute that you have to increase as you level up, right? In in Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, you have to, if you want to have your uh, animal companion or your mount listen to your uh, commands, you have to increase your handle animal. Yeah, it's like Pokemon as well. So you heard it here first. The last, was it Last Guardian? Is going to be all about handling animals. <laughs> it's going to be a petting zoo. <laughs> yes. Just level up that skill. <clears throat> uh, skill tree and you'll be fine. I just, I find this amazing. So this game has been in development for seven years. Like it, it, it you know, revealed to be in development for seven years. Probably been actually in development for a decade. And at this point they're saying that uh, a delay is a difficult decision, particularly with this game. We have encountered more bugs than anticipated while in the final stages of development. To ensure that The Last Guardian delivers on the experience that the game's creators have envisioned, we need to take the extra time to work on those issues. Okay, you, you need the extra time. You need to which make you the game didn't, not suck. But which you, okay, that's fine. But you, you need extra time which you didn't have over the last seven years? Possible. They cool. might they might have not had a lot of well, money for a while. Stuff happens, I know. That's possible. Stuff happens when you make art. Um so La La Land won the audience award at TIFF. This is the new uh musical from the Whiplash guy. You guys familiar with this one? No. I don't know if I have seen any This is uh Ryan Gosling and uh Emma Stone. There, it's a musical in L.A. It looks kind of... What? Uh, a musical in L.A. with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? Yeah, we're we're, we're reviewing this. I'm oh. sold. It's we apparently are. really good. And Whiplash is not a movie that I, th- I would have thought I would enjoy. So I guess... Okay. I should pr- we should probably go into this one with an open mind. Red is looking really, really this perturbed. Art, it sounds like Aloha with singing. The trailer looks pretty in- interesting and magical and fun and okay. I'm uh, I, I I guess it's probably awesome. Um, 
we have some Mad Max. We have a pair of Mad Max news stories. So there was a rumor today or yesterday that Mad Max: The Wasteland, a prequel, is getting uh, underway in like pre-production happening in Australia. Prequel to what? <clears throat> a prequel to Mad Max: Fury Road, which would be like about. So it'd be Mad Max. Furiosa, though it would be a oh. a Mad Max film about Furiosa. I don't know if I want that. Um. So this thing is like probably bullshit. Like this is a this is a a myth, a fishy story. Because like George Miller hasn't even confirmed that this is happening. I don't think anyone has officially from like any studio. The um. The report is exclusive to the Herald Sun, and it's behind a subscription paywall. Like, if you want to actually read this article, it's you have to sign up for a subscription to this whatever this news website is, which okay seems a bit fishy to me. Hmm. Like you're just trying to get people to actually roped in on your yeah. hmm. new subscription. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think what George Miller said, he wants to make like a smaller film before he returns to a Mad Max movie. Hmm. In in somewhat related Mad Max news, uh, there was a really cool uh, bunch of footage that was that's been going around the internet very recently about how awesome the movie looks without CGI. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I saw this video and I didn't think it was anything that was like was that was that something that wasn't online already or uh, I I don't know maybe there's been some recuts or something but just for people to. You know, if, mm. you, if you love the movie like I do, this it, watching those makes it feel like watching uh, one of the original Mad Max movies. Like it still feels interesting. Still feels like Mad Max. It feels no less grand. Just feels gritty and like it's done on the streets of Australia. I wish we didn't have all the sped up camera. Like I wish we didn't. Like I know all the Mad Max movies do that, but I hate the like overclocked frame rate where it's a weird effect eh like what what's do you know what why could you and enlighten us a little bit about uh, i mean what they're just doing is like for safety reasons you know when they're actually shooting these sequences they're driving much much slower much slower than you would imagine uh and and a lot of work is done to make stuff look like editing takes place to make shit look way more intense than it is. Like, you, you have to make, like, everything look, oh, shit, what? But on those but meanwhile, movies... The, the, like, the, the actual shots you have are just, like, you know, actors going, like, huh, huh, uh, you know, like... Oh, but you, the, the, like, Mad Max 2 had, like, actual crazy stunts. There's one shot where um, uh, uh, one of the bad guy's cars comes to, like, a dead stop, and the driver goes flying out, and he was supposed to go flying in this big arcing shot like almost off screen but what nobody anticipated because they did it full speed what nobody anticipated was that he would hit his shins on the steering wheel and shatter both of his legs as he came out of the car and flip end over end like four times on screen and then they keep it in the movie because it looks awesome and you could never predict that that would happen and you could never get approval for it so, wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those those stunts still happened in Fury Road. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody <clears throat> shattered any legs. No, there. no, but they still did, you know, humongous things with people flipping, yeah, which and look awesome. The in people these are clips. really on the end of those big Metronomes. sticks, those big bamboo posts, like yeah, you know, swinging around. It's crazy, like Cirque du Soleil. Um, but I just, I, I wonder what the movie would look like. Uh, sort of moving into our next story. Speaking of what the movie looks like, <clears throat> I just, I wonder what Mad Max would look like if you had every shot was running like 24 frames like not nothing was sped up like you you know you're basically running the film through the camera at a higher rate to make shit look slower if you run stuff through the camera slower then everything looks faster so it's sort of like you remember in batman the original tv like adam west adam batman. West stuff? do you remember yeah. what the, the the batmobile looked like it just yeah. looked like really like cartoony and as it zipped around the other cars yeah yeah, it, it's just a way to add intensity to a shot that might look kind of drab. Otherwise, I don't know. Uh, but the 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 next uh, release of Fury Road, which is coming out in December on Blu-ray, uh, again, you always do the double dip, right? <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, I don't do it, but the th- fucking studios always we all do, do it whenever no one's looking. <laughs> True, or when there's only one chip left. No, that's the perfect time because you can get away with it in front of everybody. You never buy the first Blu-ray that they pump out for a flick, right? You wait. Because oh, that would be silly. You'd get none of the special features. All the good, the goodies, all the real nice shit is always packed in in the, like the Christmas season. Oh, yeah, look, wait we for have the a, deluxe edition. We have a, what? All this extra footage? We didn't even know we had it. What? <laughs> we just found it. And plus, you get these collectibles. I mean, I hate that and shit. Books um, and how, maps. However, and posters. As I say that this really sucks. Th- this December coming out is the Mad Max High Octane Collection, which includes the bl- the black and chrome edition of Fury Road, which is like a remastered, recut version that is black and white. That's like redone with nice. new color grading and stuff, or new new, I guess, contrast rebalance because it's different than just turning the fucking color up. color on your tv i tried that <laughs> it's, that's still cool but it's not it's not quite doesn't the same. look the same the blacks and whites need to be rebalanced properly yeah. um but the the rest of the shit that's included on this blu-ray red i think you're you might like you you might want to get this thing the high octane collection includes like the the main things that are sort of drawing my eye here are like three documentaries, including one that's on just on the Road Warrior, and Mel Gibson is back to like talk about the Road Warrior with George Miller, like it's wow. a new documentary. Uh, hmm. And then there's He's one crazy. on there's one on the original <laughs> Mad Max. Like it sounds like there might be some good shit on it. Give me back my son. Um. There was one other story. No, Mad Max. That's it. That's all. That's all we have in Mad Max Corner. Um, I have some bad news, guys. Oh, bad news. That's uh, not. That's the bad kind. Yeah, yeah. So you know how like Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, like the 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 sort of highest view views ever on YouTube for oh, a trailer. Oh, I've heard about this. So it's beat. Yeah, it is. Fifty Shades Darker got more views on YouTube in the first twenty four hours. Damn. So this is the Fifty uh, Shades of Grey two. Well, to be honest, like, are we surprised that pornography is outperforming 
Science fiction? I thought this movie, like, the first one, no one liked it. I thought it sucked. Well, yeah, it made $571 million, though. It was like, a big deal, eh? This is the thing, though, with these books. Everybody, everyone that reads them knows that they suck. They did, just enjoy did, them for the, like, pulpy, did some pornographic. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Did some new Beyonce track, like, debut with the trailer again? Like, that's why... Maybe? People tuned in. I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. I do not care. No, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Fifty Shades. Do people like of indifference? Do people like S and M more than well S and W? I'm going to say it just means there are a lot more people that like movies that they can see sex in than Star Wars, which does not surprise me. <laughs> well, this is a lot of I think a different demographic. Like Jedi's aren't Shades, allowed to love. You know, the Fifty Shades is all the. I'm gonna. I might get in some hot water, but all the moms that are gonna drop their kids off to go see Star Wars are then gonna go see the Fifty Shades movie, and it's just a guilty pleasure. It's not like they think it's a great movie or anything. They just it's the classic like put a different book over top of Fifty Shades of Grey. Pretend you're reading, you know, Stephen Hawking, the Harlequin romance thing. But you got it's not a new phenomenon for like you know erotic novels. Uh, people that's different the harlequin romances don't have like detailed descriptions of like you know getting tied up and stuff yeah and like you know like detailed description of how veiny some guys you know unit unit is like (laughs) it gets crazy right like it gets pretty sloppy in that book series from what i I understand actually though some of those books do some other like harlequin romance novels i think they get kind of crazy too i think they might um so are you guys also happy about the fact that Margot Robbie is producing a uh, Harley Quinn movie? Eh, I don't care. I mean... She, nobody does anyone? Yes, because she's hot, but no, because her baseball bat doesn't make any sense. Like, she was a great cartoon character in the animated series, but I don't think she makes a lot of sense the way they're trying to bring her into a dark Gotham... Grounded, like a, more, more grounded universe it doesn't right like did you guys all felt the same way i did whenever that's her the sound effect of her bat hitting someone in a fight sequence like it was cartoony there is overpowered superheroes fighting and she's like okay guys i'm gonna hit you with my baseball bat now clank you're like oh uh, um she has why are you here again yeah there's no reason that she should so what's her movie going to be? I'm dis- like DC is so They're going to get Jared Leto to make something that he doesn't understand again and then he's going to like get like 80% of his scenes ooh, cut. Ooh, ooh, maybe they'll just use the cut scenes to put okay, to put like in the Harley it. Quinn. I like it. Okay. That could so work. Half the movie's shot already. Yeah, they got to do something with go. all that shit, man. They got to make some just all the stuff on the cutting room floor and they'll scotch tape it together and <laughs> use some some old staplers and <clears throat> Harmony Corinne should take all of those shots and then make Spring Breakers 2 Joker version. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that. <coughs> you didn't like uh, Spring Breakers? I fucking love it. It was alright. I kind of thought it was weird, but I, I neat. dig it. I dig it, man. That's so cool. Um, So, there's one more story. It's really weird and crazy. But then there's also a fucked up story where they want to bring back Paul Walker in the Fast and Furious oh, movies. What? Uh, that's a bad idea. 
Yeah, it really is. We should tell them that. Leave the dead alone, man. They're listening already. What do they do? They want to do the the hologram thing, or are they going to weekend at Bernie's this shit? Oh, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how that. No, you can't. It's but the the hologram thing or the like CGI thing is just like. I feel like we're good to go on this. Though I feel like they can basically just take shots of an actor from all of his previous movies or hers, and just sort of scan it into some three D model and just res it up to just a thousand, a million, have it insanely detailed. Like remember in Civil War, res it up to a million, <laughs> res it up to a billion. Couldn't dude. we just do what we used to do in TV shows when something would happen where you just get a new actor? No, this is the future. Here's what happens. Remember in Civil War. Captain America Civil War at the beginning you have a uh, a sequence where Tony Stark's on stage and he's doing this weird oh, 3D yeah. recreation of his childhood and you see yeah, a yeah, version yeah. of Robert Downey Jr. that's like 90 You're like that looks kind of weird. What's going on it's with like we're Robert 90, Downey Jr.? We're 92% there, but he you know he looks like a 22-year-old Robert Downey Jr. But that's then it's right not, in front of your eyes. CGI Gotcha. So well, they sort of get you that way. They yeah. could do Speed Maybe. Racer style, just Racer X. He shows up with a helmet on and never takes it off. They did it in Ant-Man. Or like in Home Improvement. <laughs> just have him behind, <laughs> a, behind a fence the whole time. No, they did it in Ant-Man. Uh, Michael Douglas is like de-aged in that, and he looks much oh, younger. Yeah. So De-aged. <laughs> I think th- this stuff is like a weird gray area, but s- graphics, like we're not in Tron Legacy anymore. Like it doesn't look like Jeff Bridges with his weird floating head. And it's not it's like there's a... Jacked up. There's a character from like Disney's Tangled. Yeah. Just showing up. With really smooth skin. It's like he's got like, you know, foundation Porcelain rubbed all of... Yeah, it's like, like I, th- I think what's gonna, gonna happen is like actors aren't gonna like die. They're gonna be like digitally scanned. It's like that movie The Congress with uh, Robin Wright where she gets scanned into the computer and everything turns into a weird-ass cartoon. Or like Transcendence, is that what it was, with Johnny Depp? Yeah, or that so, shit. So they'll actually just digitize all the actors as they get older? And yeah, then, and then... that's like part of your contract is you just you have to be digitized. So in, like, in case of death, we can finish we, the movie digitally. We own your likeness in perpetuity. Yeah, owned by MGM. Our, our, uh, our final story tonight involves... <laughs> Just basically, it's a WTF on Guardians, Soviet Defenders of Russia, or whatever Wait. this thing is. Oh, shit, this thing. So I sent you guys a trailer to this. Is this with Bear Man or whatever? Yeah. It's, it is with Bear Man. This looks like some oh, sort of oh my God. like animal version of... like It's a very Avengers-esque Captain America-looking thing. It's like the Russian Animorphs. Yeah, oh, man. It, it looks like... I mean... It's just called Guardians. It looks like TV quality, not theater. And <laughs> TV quality, not theater. Like it doesn't. It looks like straight to home home video release. Uh, I don't know. I've never. I can't say that I've seen like a big Russian movie though. I don't think it looks Nightwatch, right. Daywatch. Dude, I don't. Those movies are awesome. I don't think it looks direct to. To DVD no, am man. I alone? You think it looks like VOD trash? It, like with the, when they're taking that whole tower down, like just like on it, weird stilts and stuff, and driving it through. It's it not, looks. It reminds me of GI Joe yeah, a little bit, which looked old at the time that that's, it came out. That's a good. It uh, it did <laughs> right? because I I I Steven did Summers, also kind of like it. I don't want to like when I say that it looked like it was for TV. I still would have watched it on TV. Like it, I was like. 
I want to know about this bear fellow and what's going on so with this, rock, I, I don't know how we're going to ever see it in the theater. So this is Steven, Steven Summers directing a Russian movie. Oh, my God. Is what it seems like to me. That, that's what it feels like, the mummy. Yeah. Or like, yeah, G.I. Joe uh, or Van Helsing. So this will oh, be <laughs> available, like, where? On, at the, from the library. In Moscow in 2018. I think it says a 2017 release. So we will Yeah, we probably won't get any access to it for a year. Well, I mean, we it'll be subtitled. Like, I don't I don't mind seeing a subbed version. No, 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 neither do I, all. but I mean just trying to find it. It's not going to be easy. We'll have to go to the little Russia of <laughs> Vancouver. Just bootleg it. Well, we'll go to the the DVD store, the Blu-ray rental place. Hmm. Okay, just copy it. Maybe we'll copy borrow, it. We'll we'll borrow. We'll rent it. You just rent it. Rent. I, I think so. I think you're places. right. Well, there's Black Dog Video over on Camby. Oh man, yeah. There are there are still some vestiges video of video rental. I don't. Know. I like I like hopping in there, man. Yeah, I that's like where, I, where else do you get your laser discs? True. Where do you get your laser discs? That's where I get all mine. When you don't know what you want to watch, did like digital <clears> online <throat> streaming services are not good to just find something to watch. Yeah, and you also get tracked by the government. Do you? You know who knows all about getting <laughs> tracked by no such agency? Oliver Stone? Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Uh, Ed- Ed- Edward Snowden. Ed- My name is Edward Snowden. I'm 29 years old, and I work for... I've been a contractor for... Uh, you're doing... You're sounding a little too tech. No, but like you're doing something... You're doing an impression of someone else, and no, I really want to know who you're doing. I'm trying to do... I know what you're trying to do. Trying you're trying to, to do Edward Snowden. Little, but uh, you're, you're doing... You're inadvertently doing an impression of someone part, else and doing a good part job of, the way of it. that he does it is like how he puts his lip up. He's, Edward Snowden is, is, has an underbite, so Joseph Gordon-Levin has... What you, what you do? Okay. Anyway, let's let's find out how we are you getting a movie that we're gonna review. Yeah. Are you getting us out of this moment? Yes, I am. Mike. Thank you for moving us on. will be providing you and the fine gentleman of the Secret Service is a list of every threat made about the president since February 3rd and a profile of every threat maker and these are like existing targets like 99% are gonna come from the bulk collection program so upstream muscular tempora prism prism you got a little snow white in you which makes me feel like the witch bringing you a poison apple. Yeah. Exhibit A. Oakland resident Justin Pinsky posted on a message board. Romania has a storied history of executing their leaders. Couldn't they do us a solid and take out Bush? How is this all possible? Um, keyword selectors. Attack, take out, Bush. So think of it Think of it as a Google search, except instead of searching only what people make public, we're also looking at everything they don't. So emails, chats, SMS, whatever. Yeah, but which people? The whole kingdom, Snow White.
So that was a clip from Snowden. Disillusioned with the intelligence community, top contractor Edward Snowden leaves his job at the NSA. He now knows that a virtual mountain of data is being assembled to track all forms of digital communication, not just from foreign governments and terrorist groups, but from ordinary Americans. When Snowden decides to leak this classified information, he becomes a traitor to some, a hero to others, and a fugitive from the law. Okay. That sounds about right. Okay. Snowden is directed, written and directed by Oliver Stone, and it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Shailene Woodley, Zachary Quinto, Scott Eastwood. My man. My man. Another funny G- story for you there. GQ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Melissa Leo, Timothy Oliphant, for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Tom Wilkinson with a tight Scottish accent. Right? Mm-hmm. And Rice Ifan Ifans Ifans. The scary guy with the big huge Reese Ifans head on the projector when he's like Yeah, he's I like him so much. Yeah. He's really good in most things that he's in. He's a he's the weird snake guy, I think, in the Spider Man Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, I think he's in Harry Potter too. Uh so uh, Snowden, this is Oliver Stone's first movie in several years i think he did this that savages movie with uh blake lively blake lively and aaron taylor johnson and taylor, taylor Kitsch. Kitsch. really weird drug cartel. Yeah, yeah really weird drug cartel movie uh and then he did the world trade center film 10 years ago and then he did w so Oliver Stone has a very spotty shitty track record <laughs> let's be let's be perfectly honest with everyone here um, he hasn't like coming into Snowden. He hasn't made a meaningful film in over twenty years, probably. Like he made, I think he made Nixon in the nineties, and you know his his big movies, like important ones, Born on the Fourth of July and Platoon and JFK. They're just like a distant memory. You, you'd think that in today's politically charged world that. Oliver Stone would be making more relevant films. You know what I mean? Like you would think. Except Snow Snowden feels almost like low hanging fruit for Oliver Stone. Do you guys think like he could have like is this this easy? Is this an is this an easy empty netter for him? I don't know. I mean, did he see Citizen Four and say, "Hey, I can remake that"? Yeah, let's do that again. I was riveting. Let's do a dramatic version. Does, does his does his involvement in this film add any? So you hear there's a Snowden movie coming out. Oliver Stone's doing it. Does does that change your you know opinion going in? Does that? Yeah, it made my expectations a bit higher. I expect you know I I, I wanted more. I I had seen Citizen Four and I thought you know this is an interesting. This is like really interesting material but if it's not handled well or by the right person it could be really dry it could be almost boring even though it's really important to everyone it is still just people meeting in a hotel room yeah it's like exchanging data yeah yeah from computers and talking about how scary this this situation and then the scale of this yeah like you can access my emails like there's one conversation between him and his girlfriend in the movie right where he's like um 
uh, they can see you like they can or, see your emails they can see yeah and she's like i don't have anything to hide and he's like oh that's such a bullshit comment i don't have anything to hide like well not really like if you don't have anything to hide why is that bullshit mm-hmm. i want to talk about that phrase we can get into it more. i really want to yeah. i want to get into that that phrase i want to talk to you guys about that what you know what do i have to hide or i don't have anything to hide I, i'd like to talk about that sentence um but before we get into this review, should we do a vertical slice? This movie is getting mixed reviews. I think it's I, not across. That's safe the, to say it's not across the board a uh, a success. Uh, nor nor is it a failure. I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's failure. It's we're kind of coming at this from the same angle. What are the critics saying though? If we slice, uh, if we take a slice and we look right down cross to section that shit, the very bottom of the cross section. You're gonna find the Wall Street Journal. Uh oh, not fans. Ooh. That's that's a pretty big, big name. Uh, and what they have said is that this movie is mostly flat. It's overlong, unfocused, and didactic. Now, uh, I have to uh, object to the use of didactic as a pejorative here. Uh, that's kind of shitty of you as a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it, it, didactic doesn't have to be a negative. It's used in a sort of smug way here. For, is that, for is all that... of our listeners that might not know what didactic is, could you we explain? Just, okay, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to pretend that we didn't just look this up. <laughs> but it does mean uh, didactic is something that's intended to uh, educate or inform. And you're right, using it as a pejorative is an odd choice. Like, you don't want to inform... Film goers. Anyway, with, uh, with with subject matter like this, it's it's sort of you have to be informative. Yes, you really do. Uh, on the flip side of although that, it can also be patronizing. So that's, yeah, or that's a smug. That's, that's what true. I said. Like yeah. it can become across in a sort of. That's what people would argue. Like science is is often patronizing, and people will turn away from it because it feels like didactic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, Peter Hartlov of the San Francisco Chronicle is obviously a huge fan of the hit Alexander that our boy Oliver Stone directed. Um, what? <laughs> I, don't know, I, was just, I was just looking at the films that he did, and I can't believe he did all That's Alexander. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so Peter says, moviegoers will love or hate Oliver Stone and his politics until the end of time. With well-made movies such as Snowden, though, his skill as a filmmaker becomes much harder for the detractors to debate. I think that's a challenge, guys. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the love story elements in this are, like, really poorly handled. Like, there's not... Like, it is... I don't think it's good filmmaking happening with the... With the relationship between Snowden and his girlfriend. I'm just going to take this opportunity to go on record and say, I dislike Shailene Woodley. She's cute. She's cute as a button, man. Come on. I... No. (laughs) No? I think that she's the kind of... Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. I might get in hot water. <clears throat> Second time tonight. You're on a roll. Just I'm keep going. going for it. I think that she is the kind of person that in her youth was very cute, but she's reaching the point where she no longer looks youthful. And so her cuteness is fading quickly, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Well, Eric, know what I'm saying. And she's a, she's a competent enough actress. It's just... Something about her 
rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. She, uh, like we it, all have people like that, and she just happens to be one for me. Sure, she still comes across as like she's in high school or something. Like, the way she acts, like she acts like a girl in like a teenager still. I don't know. Um, like uh, she's sort of like Elle Fanning, perhaps to me. Like I just think Elle Fanning. I, I can see where that's like yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Actually, trying to act or what? But I don't think anyone in this movie did a poor job in terms of acting on, on a general level. Like I thought, this movie was was completely fine to watch on in terms of performances. Like I didn't really feel like anyone. Nope, even poor man's Tom Harding uh, did a good job. Tom, like, uh, what's his name? Logan Marshall. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, he comes out of nowhere. Did I say Harding? Hardy. Tom Hardy. (laughs) He comes out of nowhere with some awesome like mutton chops and they're at that barbecue um so yeah that 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 high review doesn't even sound that praising even though they gave it a what a hundred a hundred no no that's remember we no. metacritic no it's we we have talked about the nature of the numbers right i mean that yeah the, yeah. the publication might have like a four star scale and they just the guy gave it four so that's a hundred yeah metacritic just uses its own algorithm to assign numbers. Um, so we can probably agree this movie's not as captivating or compelling as Citizen Four. Would we agree? Which in, yeah, it, of course. I mean, it's not the real guy. Yeah. But it, I mean, well, you have an opportunity here to sort of dramatize stuff, and I didn't even feel like it was as dramatic as... It wasn't. As he the did, documentary he, he was. He didn't make it dramatic at all, really. Even... Um, are there spoilers in this? Can there be spoilers? We can like, totally. There... So it's open. It's open season, man. Okay. Um, like when he's leaving the hotel that he's been in for most of the movie, like okay, we need to make sure that you sneak out. There's no tension or anything going no. on there. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, do you want them to put in like a fake car chase that didn't happen, like in Argo? I was kind thinking of, the no. same thing. You, it is an opportunity for for more tension. You could straight Argo ratchet that up there. Like, remember at the end of. Argo, they have that whole like the, the the jeeps and stuff are chasing the plane down the runway, which is just not at all what happened, right? Like you could you have the opportunity to do stuff like that, and they don't. Well, I think that that scene you don't need to throw anything in, but there could have been a greater sense of paranoia, like them very, yeah. being very concerned about the CIA showing up yeah. to 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 get them. And that sense of paranoia is actually more present in the documentary somehow. Like I I, I yeah, felt just the weird sort of mannerisms of Snowden trying to like you know like when when he when Snowden himself says like I'm, oh the first thing I'm going to need is your cell phones uh, yeah I'm going to stop trying to talk like him because it doesn't sound like him I think it sounds like Mike Judge or something <laughs> that may be it um, but when he takes their cell phones and like when he's t- typing on his computer you're like what on earth could he be doing you know um, the one moment I found in the movie in Snowden, not in Citizen Four, um, when he hit enter and was like, "I no longer have access to any of these files. You guys have everything now." That was the one time where I was like, "Okay, I, you, this has been effective right now. I feel like the the weight has been shifted to these journalists." Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you don't get any sense of the, the gravity of that hotel room was not. It didn't feel like it did in Citizen Four, and I don't. I mean, is that fair? Because that you're seeing real life happening. You're watching Edward Snowden. You know, he's he's he is stressed. He's scared. Yeah. He's there alone. Like, it, and and this is the actual footage of him. 
these are the only people he knows in Hong Kong at that moment, you know, like, yeah, we should explain to that citizen four to our listeners. Citizen four is the, uh, documentary the, in, in Snowden, the, the people sitting in that room making, filming him, that film has been released as a movie already called citizen four featuring the actual, uh, Edward Snowden. Himself. So citizen four is the documentary of basically what we're seeing recreated. Right. It's, it's about Snowden. like several exact scenes. Like the dialogue, the scenes, this everything is exactly the same. So the, the the documentary Citizen Four obviously came out a year after the whole story broke. It's it's just a very detailed documentary of the whole process. So it's great to see in the documentary Edward Snowden spilling the beans to Glenn Greenwald, played by Spock in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, Zachary uh, Quinto, um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, there's like these great scenes of of Snowden spilling the beans to the reporters and then watching his own interview on CNN, you know, four or five hours later. There's just scenes of him sitting in his hotel room with the TV on. And I couldn't imagine what that must have been like for him. Like, imagine watching, like, I would I would have watched that all night long on a loop. Just And he, it's the hotel room that he's in. Like, it's him talking. Yeah. In his hotel room, and imagine, just imagine, what, like it's—it's it's amazing to see the 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 machinations, the 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 news cycle operating from within. You're watching. Here's how a story breaks, and, and they're this fighting is, to have it break sooner. This is the process of how a giant bombshell actually gets unloaded on the world, and he just sort of watches his, you know, his bomb drop on the universe from his hotel room, just chilling on these silk sheets. Hey, how about Quinto pressuring the uh, the I was gonna say newspaper. That, that was one scene I really liked, the debate between going legitimate with the story, like publishing through The Guardian, or just getting the info going out on there. The, and, your blog. And, and, well, because it's such important information, like, we need to get this out there. Mm-hmm. Was that in the documentary? I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't remember The Guardian, them having this... I think none of that was on camera in yeah. the film, though. So yeah, and I, th- I think in reality, one of the reporters had actually been posting the entire time. Like part of one of the guy's roles was that he was always like on his blog, sharing updates and information. Hmm. Um, I, I like the framing device, though. It's pretty obvious. Like starting the Snowden film using the interview in 2013 as your starting point and then sort of my name is edward snowden uh i'm 29 years old 29 years old (laughs) yeah and then sort of like then you flash back to him in boot camp getting his ass kicked like breaking his leg it's a very elegant and obvious way like it's sort of you couldn't do it any other way really you start with you know the documentary it's just a perfect way to have a window into his sort of it, it i don't know if this works as a biopic i i don't think it does we don't really get much of a sense of who snowden is yeah they tried to set it up so that we could see what he was giving up to 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 do this um i think a lot with with his girlfriend right that's the main things that we get well that's supposed to be the beating heart of the film be- but i think yeah. to me that's one of its weaker points like i i don't know it broke up the pacing for me like we would cut between this, well, him finding out about the, what the NSA is actually doing, and then being all stressed about it. And then I just cut back to him arguing with his girlfriend because he's super stressed about what's going on. So you see how it's affecting him, and he's got the internal struggle. But still, and she has a different viewpoint on it slightly than he does. Yeah, but that's still, it just made the film a lot longer than I thought it needed to be. Yeah, definitely. So that probably leads us to 
this, this, the conversation I wanted to have you said earlier, the phrase, what do I have to hide? She says, I have nothing to hide. She says that to him, which is what you hear from a lot of people. And you'll hear it a lot from actually, ironically, uh, conservative people will say that a lot. What do I have to hide? Um, like, what, what does that phrase mean to you guys? Well, to me, it's important. It's sorry. It's less important because it's secondary. Like he he says that his concern is that in the future, you know, if it keeps going in this direction, that in the future a leader a leader will be elected that will flip the switch, and then by that time it will be too late for the people to do anything. But I don't think that all of my information online being visible is the same. Like having all of my metadata visible, I don't think is the same. Like. And all of the people you know, right? Having, like that, having like, everything be transparent, the, maybe you're unknowingly part of this giant network, you know, of 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 connections that right? can just be abused. And it's it's why what he did is important because if it's transparent and if everyone is aware of this and if everyone has access to it, even then it doesn't matter one iota because it's you know it's equal playing field. But when you don't know about it, is when it's a problem. But Still, I mean, why is it he gets all bent out of shape saying it's bullshit comment that I have nothing to hide? If you, if you're a, or if you don't have anything to hide, or if you're an exhibitionist and you want people to see your shit, who cares? Well, I found it a bit strange how it turned into a personal like you don't have anything you don't have anything to hide i know that you go onto the dating site that we yeah, you're met on, on and you're, you're on paleprogrammers.com <laughs> looking at other <laughs> looking at other guys what why are you doing that um and so it turns into like this personal thing i think it missed the point there like cause she she obviously didn't care but he's trying to find something that she didn't doesn't want to bring up it's to prove the point of like, everybody has something to hide, I guess, is sort of yeah, but the idea there. It seems so self-serving. Everyone has something to hide. They may not even realize that they do. Yeah. You know, they might yeah. say, I don't have anything to hide. But then you sort of, you probe them. You ask them it's, a few things. Oh, wait. Yeah, actually, you know what I mean? I, I murdered my uh, my grandparents and ate their bodies when or I was not seven to years that, old. Or not to that extreme. Like, he he's he's demonstrating that he's very, very intelligent as well, right? Like, he's saying... A, it's something that I wouldn't even have brought up because I know that it's nothing, but I'm just illustri- I'm highlighting that it's information that you didn't share with me, and by not sharing that information, you you're, you're effectively yeah. obscuring it. You're hiding it. So, you know, there's there's a difference. It does a good job of. So this movie's really sexy. Would you guys agree? There's like a lot of like. There's a lot of there's there's, there's, there's this, make him out to be like an unwitting spy. Well, almost. I mean, there's a there's a sex scene in this that is way more detailed than it needs to be. Oh yeah, and, and longer by by like several. Yeah, we don't cuts. really need like these close ups of you know, and the, the arching backs and whatnot. But then I thought about it, and I guess we actually, in a way, we kind of do. I I, I like the fact that that sex scene is really sort of in our face because. And and it goes just with that gum chewing asshole. This movie has a fucking confident dude who chews gum, who's all like, yeah, yeah, you know, like anyone who's <laughs> smug chews fucking gum. We're gonna get to that in a second here. But like the reason why this movie is a little overly sexy, I think there's a reason for that, and it's it's to sort of 
explain like these are you know those are some of your deepest darkest secrets those are the things that you sort of keep from you know your most private things would you know be sexual things generally some people are exhibitionist as you said but then you realize that the people who have access to these personal private moments aren't you know the government do you trust the government and and the, the funny thing i always find is that conservative people who say they don't have anything to hide generally will actually also people be people who don't really trust the government that often but then i don't understand why you intrinsically will just trust the government to not spy on you to like who who is on the other end of the computer and this movie does a really good job of explaining that it was almost like maybe it isn't anymore but at the at the at the at the time of the events of this movie it was almost like the Wild West. You just log on to this X key score program from wherever mm-hmm. the fuck you are. Heartbeat, you, actually, now. Yeah. And you just type in your sort of reason code to be like terrorist related and hit it. Like all you needed to do was basically write anything in this field. And, and you get then, a million results. Yeah. And I, it was almost like the access to these programs was just completely, you know, off the charts. Like yeah. anyone could just, you ask your friend, get me in on heartbeat, get me in on x key score but there's too many people right so it was just like needles and haystacks so when, when Until, you say well, i don't have anything to hide that's just an irrelevant question because the power is being abused to such a degree it's about the control that right. it doesn't even matter right people could actually do inception shit and like plant things into your life that never even occurred like to root you know if you're running for politics they could just implant emails that never happened that you know like oh you're you know these fake financial transactions like it's it's endless does it work that i don't know if it works that way they can put stuff in but i thought it was a really good scene when uh, what's his name risifans risifans fucking scary whatever probably welsh <clears throat> yeah something like that you guys know who I'm talking about. Yep. But when he, they have to have a scene and they do. And Cor- it's the, Corbin? The scary big brother is watching scene when Corbin is like giant face, right? And he pulls the camera in closer yeah, to his face. he pulls you in really close and then he drops these like juicy hints that not, yeah, he knows everything about you and your girlfriend and your family and he's used these programs to specifically look at you. And it isn't until that moment, you know, that's the moment that, you know the the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back right when he's like oh i'm not doing this anymore then he goes and gets his micro usb uh, well and another thing that leads to that is like what do you guys make of the picnic table scene with, with they're at the party I'm talking about the nuremberg trials talking about like oh, yeah. criminal responsibility in the war which is like oh we're getting to some intense like you're calling some people nazis now like it's getting intense there's well, a, the nuremberg principles right he yeah, talks about the second coming trials. out of that yeah and and sort of where does the line of like criminal responsibility lie like you know like if you're just quote follow, following orders following orders or if you're actually responsible for this in some way other than just you know you're doing your job well and and that was an interesting because i the nuremberg principles isn't really brought up much when people talk about this, is it? I don't. I haven't heard anybody no. talk about it. No. And how <laughs> all the head honchos were were publicized, but then it was everybody else who was just doing their work, even though they knew it was criminal. They were still charged with all of this shit because they knew what they were doing was wrong. Yeah, they had a moral obligation. to, yeah. to prevent which was harm. Very poignant because everybody there stopped, and I thought that they did that well, and then just sort of thought about that 
uh, Eastwood was just like, oh, shit. And then <laughs> at that exact moment, what happens? The drone falls out of the sky. The drone falls out of the sky. So does this, like, am I making anything out of it? Like, does this... It, it obviously echoes the real drone strikes that we see in the movie. We see like a little RC drone, you know, a goofy little thing that for playing with it. There's, you know, everyone's drunk playing with a little drone here. Well, we've just heard the other sort of grizzled, uh, the guy that works in Vegas, and he's talking about how his drones blow people up in a, he's like, poof, gone in a mm-hmm. cloud of yeah, dust. Yeah, well, and they knew it was a kid, but they're like, no, all the higher-ups were saying, no, it's a dog, it's a dog. And so they knew that they were about to murder this kid but went ahead with it anyway. So does that drone crashing, like as soon as Scott Eastwood sort of comes to the realization, like, fuck. And he's like, you make it sound criminal. It's a job. Exactly. That's the moment when the drone crashes into the picnic table. Like, is it, is it, is it a too much of a leap to say that that sort of foreshadows the coming indictment of the NSA and like the drone is crash coming, crashing to earth? I, I don't know. I don't know why. It all becomes visible as it crashes down. Like, why is that in the movie? I don't know. Why is Nicolas Cage in this movie? That's the real question. <laughs> he, need, he needed some money. <laughs> That's what I want to know. What, like, I'm, I'm asking you seriously. Why, why is he in this movie? Because he was in Knowing. They needed... He was he, in Knowing. He needed to be... I don't know why it's Nicolas Cage, but I know why <laughs> that character is in when he is. Because they needed uh, to show that the fir- very first person that Snowden sees when he's initiated into this group, like he is brought in to, what is it, the hill? The hill. And he's like stoked. He's like, this is it. Everything's starting to pay off. This is, is what that, I've been working for. Is that a Univac 478 and he's like, encryption this is, device? This is the tits. I'm set. And the very first person that he meets on his way to class is like, oh yeah, this place sucks. <laughs> like they take your shit and then they don't use it and you get hidden away. So, have fun. It was kind of convoluted, Snowden's path through all of these. Like, he says he's quitting, but then he's still contracted. Yeah, like, I never really knew where he was. It's explained with one comment, right? The, uh, uh, what is it? Like, he's a the, contractor? Revolving def- the revolving door of defense? Yeah. Like, it does, it, I, don't, I don't get a sense of where he's working at any given time. Like, it feels really scattered. I guess he did have a number of he different He was all over the place. Roles. He said he worked for Dell and IBM and all yeah. these different companies in association with national defense or yeah. national security. Um, but yeah, like I hate this guy, Gabriel. I hate him. Yeah, because like he doesn't exist. The the dude, you know this is not a real character. The, the, the sort of... Snow White guy? Uh, sort of scraggy beard. shaven. Yeah. He keeps calling... He's wearing a hoodie. He calls him Snow White the whole time. Like, what a ridiculous character. Like, I, again, with the gum chewing super loud, like, I hate that trope of, oh, we need a character who's really sort of smug and sort of fly by the seat of their... Make them chew gum with their mouth open. That's the... Like, that, <laughs> that denotes that the character's really edgy and sort of doesn't give a fuck. And so Gabriel shows up and they're working on this sort of project together. And he's like, man, why don't you stay here? You know, I mean, you're going to get the intel anyway. Why not be a part of the process? You know, you, you know, might as well see how it's done. Uh, and then like his attitude towards like ser- security and privacy is like absurdly smug and, and like laughably sinister almost. Like it feels like why would this person be like... <laughs> We got the keys to the whole kingdom, Snow White. Yeah, like what? Like what kind of yeah. a person is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, 
Who's he? He's CIA and he was, Snowden's NSA at that point. I could see someone who was a bit of a social outcast when they were going through school being in that position of power and just loving it to hell. It's like, I, I can see everybody now. Yeah, that guy probably smells bad. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he, yeah. <laughs> Eaten, he's got B.O. Hot pockets and B.O. Yeah, he smells like... <clears throat> even even uh, even a more well-adjusted individual, like when you get that sort of <laughs> access, like you see throughout this film, and one thing I loved about it was all of the higher-ups, like the directors, the deputy directors, whatever, they all rationalize this so well. They truly believe... You have to that everything they're doing, like they're not, they're not even lying to themselves. They have fully taken that Kool Aid, uh, and seeing all of these people that are just like, yeah, this is, we have to do this. I can, I can understand where they're coming from in the modern like cyber warfare situation that we're in. It's just I wish the there was a little bit more of a conversation happening. I know that's not what this film was about, like, like how. What you brought up earlier, there needs, if we knew this was going on and we were okay with it, that's completely different. I wish, I wish that was up a little more. I guess Snowden said a few times that, you know, they don't know we're doing this. Like we never, they have no idea we're doing Yeah, it's a game they don't know they're playing and they don't know the odds or something. Well, to to some degree, it's information that everyone sort of already knew, right? So it almost, it comes across that way when Snowden tells his girlfriend, like the end, you know, the government's reading all your emails and she sort of comes like... I I know you know what I mean her first reaction isn't like what it's yeah, it's, it's more of a of a I guess yeah that makes sense you know she's she's much more accepting to the idea and seems to have sort of already realized that so that's why when Snowden's story came up part of it was a non-story in in a in a way yeah like, I agree everyone knew that the NSA was already doing this it's just a it's a question of scale yeah right well we just we figured they were lying. So when it turned out they were, it wasn't a huge surprise. The way the guy, the one dude has his hand over his head and he's just staring down at his pages yeah, as he's, he's like, lying. Did you collect data or did you collect all the phone records? He's like, um, not wittingly, not <laughs> like, wittingly. Like, but there were times um, when maybe we could have by accident. Like what? Yeah. So it's almost like they, they claimed like, well, we sort of spied on everyone accidentally. We, we might have. We, we might have accidentally spied on 350 million <laughs> Americans by accident and just like, I, what do we do? I don't know. Uh, we don't know what to do. Yeah. They really make it seem like it's a big brother organization, right? Like, yeah. The one thing, the one aspect that I just found sort of like really creepy, but I, I don't know. What, tell me what you guys thought of the, the suspended microphones in the workspaces. Oh, yeah. So you like anything that you say. Yeah, you're constantly being recorded. So when you're at work, you're on in full view, too. Not even in hidden mic. Videotape, there's microphones, like everything everywhere is recorded at all times. Whoa. Yeah, that's intense. I mean, that's sort of about accountability. You would you would realize that being in the CIA or NSA like you're you're doing. And that's a nice touch of this movie, too, um, is that like. I love how the sign language came into play. Yeah, right. So Snowden has the power to observe on anyone that he wants, but he knows that that just means that anyone can observe on him as yeah. well. Like the, he already knew. that doesn't leave he him had, with any power. But he bought. He the the thing is right. That's the gamble. He knew he'd bought into the gamble, so it was okay. For well, he them helped to design look at it. Him. He helped. Yeah. build this. But it wasn't fair that people who didn't sign up to play were being put through the same thing. That's yeah. his whole motivation. Yeah. 
Um, so did you? Did he really use a real Rubik's cube to get? I don't know that part of the story. <laughs> to get the the chip out, that feels like that feels pretty Hollywood to me. Do you think? Yeah, kind of does. Know. And you ever try one of these? I could tell my audience was not <gasps> was not having any of it. Oh, they, no. Like was not buying any of the whole like toss it to the security guard. Hey, you figure out the puzzle. Oh, what? Like no one in my audience was buying the whole like get this. One guy tries to pull it apart. Yeah, like they like. I feel like it's pretty obvious that they would just take that thing and just stick it on the fucking X-ray, like every other item that goes through. Yeah, like yeah. they wouldn't just be like, "Oh, let me just examine this and give it to you on the other side," because I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I can't figure this thing out. I think is what he said. That that felt a little like that is pretty Hollywood. And what felt a little bit even not not even a little even more ridiculous was when he when he does get through that Charlie checkpoint. Which isn't an airport checkpoint. It is the full scan NSA checkpoint. So yeah. it's not the it's not the TSA. Um, so maybe that's just why he gets it through. They're not following the airport protocol. Um, but he, when he does get through, you're supposed to be in this moment of just oh pure relief. And he walks into the light. Like I don't know if you guys noticed this scene where he just. He, he walks. And he smiles. He disappears into this pure white it's hard light. Not to notice that scene. <laughs> And it's just this slow growing. Yeah, he smiles and like this heavenly light bathes over him. Like Oliver Stone reaches out from behind the camera, adjusts the halo on top of Snowden's head a bit. And, okay, looking good and action. Um, the the movie started to get a bit like the ending, which we can probably get into. Like it, it this movie started to get a bit Forrest Gumpy and a bit over the top. It felt very much Forrest like Gumpy. Well, not maybe not Forrest, but it felt very like v- like very sentimental and it, like it, it felt it, to me it was like very glor- glorification of Snowden's character like, to a very high degree. I thought. Oh yeah. So so the end. Sorry, I'm just gonna jump in here. The interview, the Skype interview, yeah. where it is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We cut away and come back, and it's Snowden. Was that ridiculously jarring to anybody else? Like I, that, all I, of a sudden, Edward Snowden is there. No, because we were, we did start to get towards the very end. We started getting, we started cutting through a lot of documentary footage. I don't know if you guys remember that. Towards the very end, yeah. we just we started cutting to documentary footage of the real Snowden, and you know, because we were seeing real, so you know, politicians throughout the movie. But anytime we cut to like documentary footage, it was like fake. Joseph Gordon-Levitt reenactment, but then at the end we actually get real footage of the real Snowden. So it sort of sets up like you saw it coming. I kind of felt like we were going to get the real guy mm-hmm. a little bit. It just seems so like the start where it says this is all dramatic dramatization of real events, ending with "Hey, yeah, this is actually the guy. This is real. Think about it." it just seems very a heavy-handed, and b he could have handled it better. I think. Because I, I did look around. It took me a little while to adjust. I looked around at the theater, and some people were like, like what? what? What's happening? Yeah, and, and the voice doesn't match, right? Joseph Gordon-Levitt did Has been trying to do it the he, whole time. He, he, but he went too like He, he went too low. But he, he, went, he was pulling it the whole time. I feel like Snowden only has the sort of idiosyncrasies of speech on certain stresses yeah. and, and certain letters. Yeah. And yeah. Where, he uh, Levitt just Gordon Levitt just like he went to it. he went to eleven for all of his delivery. Hmm. 
you, I can see what he where he got it though. But yeah, w- what I was gonna say was that I think that this movie to me feels like uh, Stones, like adding this is his contribution to the uh, uh, the whole policy change saga. like argument in the U.S. Like he wants to uh, have the uh, Espionage Act. Uh, not apply to whistleblowers and he wants Snowden pardoned because that's a huge controversy right now, right? Like, I mean, that's been in the news, I think, more in the last couple of weeks than... than yeah, has. they want Obama to pardon him before exiting right, office. before we get this whatever shit storm is coming. <laughs> yeah, you know Trump wouldn't do shit. Oh, who knows he'd, what he'd, he's be, he'd be the guy that flips that switch. Um, yeah, scary. And flip the switch in Japan, right? Remember Snowden? Turn it off. Talks about no, like yeah. they Turn can dark. Sh- just shut. Just basically shut it down. Like stuck, net the shit out of yeah. Japan, any, Austria, Germany, a you, bunch of countries. Did your guys' screenings have the PSA by Oliver Stone at the start? No, no. So there was this weird little. Fuck. Hey, did he say thanks for coming to the theater? Well, sort of. He's thanks like, for watching Jungle thanks Book. For, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm Oliver Stone. Holds up a cell phone. This is the single most dangerous device that humanity has created, Uh-oh. and it will be the downfall of civilization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he basically talks about just how awful cell phones are and talking about, like, you don't know who's listening, blah, 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 blah. Then he ends with, please turn off your phones and enjoy the movie. It was very, very weird. That's that's stone for you, though. He's going to come out and, and, and sort of shock you, right? He's going to scare you. No? Like, that's that whole, like, you've all got things to hide, but, like, we could keep our phones in the microwave. Come on. You just showed <laughs> us that. Um, so to, 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 to circle... While the microwave's not on, for all our listeners, don't turn the microwave on. No, just it on. blocks UHF frequencies. You can actually unplug the microwave, I would It'll imagine. still do it. And it's, yeah. it's the shielding inside of the casing. So It's just, what prevents yeah. you from getting microwaved when you warm up your pizza pocket. We should just buy, like, cool, like, Pelican cases that are lined with that or something. You can already buy RFID blocking, like, they all exist. kinds of nice. cases that block that stuff. Um... So, yeah, to circle back to the very end here where Snowden makes his transition into the, the, real, the real Snowden, um, I, th- I thought the cool way to do it and maybe a way that you would have might might have found less jarring would have been have the, the, um, the real Snowden appear only on the video and then have Joseph Gordon-Levitt... Um, like in the room, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so the robot on stage is is the real real face, but in the room we see like JGL on the on the iPad screen we see the real Edward yeah, Snowden, yeah, but yeah. then in the room we have you know JGL doing his thing. So it'd yeah. be a kind of a cool meta thing where it's like you're maybe even playing with the way it's you know depicted. Digi- your digital self is you know different than your real self. I don't know the self you present. Yeah, that might online. be a little better. I it, it just was it just happened. And so, I was like, "Where? What happened?" To- Felt like it was like a gimmick, like it, it didn't need to happen. Yeah, at if, all. If you didn't know what Snowden looked like, like, and you didn't maybe see it, like you're like, "Who's that in the documentaries?" All of a sudden, yeah, like, you'd why? be like, "Who the well, hell is this guy?" They on run screen? out of money on the last day. <laughs> like, yeah, what? Joseph Gordon have a die? Oh my god! Yeah, it's just some some guy from the lot. They he just went out like, Heath Ledger so, on us. So to me, it seems strange because this movie is designed, at least in my mind, to reach a larger audience than Citizen Four because people seem to hate watching documentaries. Mm-hmm. So the people you're trying to tell the story to might have no idea 
like who Snowden is really. Like they'll, they'll probably have heard of him. I mean, you'd have to sort of be living under a rock, but they might not know what he looks like. And so like the, the demographic that you're sending this to could be confused at the end. It's a tricky demographic in general, I think, because anyone who disagrees with what Snowden did, they're well, staying, they're not gonna see they're it, staying yeah. 50 miles away from this movie anyway. And then sort of anyone who supports what he did, like my theater clapped for this. Uh, I don't know if yours did no. anything, but <laughs> no, I was at a smaller, out of the way cinema. I went, I went to a Friday afternoon show, and there was only like fair enough twenty five people there. Um, I think that should do it, though, guys. Yes, uh, I'm I'm a fan of the movie in general. It's fine, like it's well made. It's fine. Uh, the acting's fine. I think Joseph Gordon Levitt does, despite what we said of him sort of being at eleven the whole time. He he doesn't try to chew the scenery and he doesn't try to like it's it's a less showy performance than I was expecting. Yeah, he's actually no, he's good. good at the like soft spoken, like sort of yeah. nerdy guy. He's really great. Nowhere near the disaster we had of him last year as Philip Petit. Uh, yes, I'm going to walk between the world trade centers. I, don't need yes. to, I haven't seen that and I don't need to. It no, is ridiculous. He is like makes a case for him not even being a talented actor. Oh, no. <laughs> but then this movie, um, it, it, it's good. And watching him, like, it's it, you, he really disappears into the role pretty quickly. Like, I don't... It took me maybe ten less than 10 minutes, and I was already fully on board as... Yeah. With, sure, with accepting sure, him as yeah. Snowden. So I'm giving this a seven and a half. Uh, I wish I could give it more based on... I mean, if I hadn't seen Citizen Four before, I think this movie would have been kick-ass. Interesting. I don't know if you agree with that. If let's you know, base it on not having any knowledge of the story. I think this could really blow your mind. Um, yeah, it's not completely fair to compare it to Citizen Four. We got to judge it on it, but on its own merits. Uh, I don't know. I'm going. I'm going seven. Seven out of ten. It didn't quite do it for me everything else like the actual events were interesting uh, the love story that was sandwiched in between to try and make me care about what was happening really bad less so really bad and some of the glorification stuff doesn't work at all no yeah you guys are highlighting all of my points here and i'm having a really hard time i mean i'm <laughs> bouncing between seven and seven and a half because i did like a lot of the film and i do agree that joseph gordon levitt's performance was uh you know, pretty well it's done. Pretty solid, right? Um, but I did not like the relationship development. I, I didn't like Woodley. Yeah, as she's the love interest. She does suck. I don't yeah. know. Sorry, Shailene. She's okay in other stuff. It's just this wasn't a great performance for her. Um, yeah, she's gonna. She's in that TV show, Divergent, she, right? She wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> if I could, if I could get that ready quickly. Um, um but she, she, okay, I she, think I'm gonna go seven point two five. Can I do that? Um seven point two five. She Shailene Woodley wants to be Jennifer Lawrence so bad, eh? Does she want to or are they trying to market her as Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> um delayed. Yeah, I need that like on like an uh, on the tablet, like on always the easy on, button, like ready to go. Oh right? God, are we just gonna get a suite of effects that <sighs> will? That was one for the ages, though. That TV show Divergence. That was a good one. Zing. That was um, good. <laughs> Seven point two five for the Red Meister. I guess that can fly. No, I, I, don't, I will. I, don't know. I will settle on a real score. None of this waffling nonsense. Rounding yeah. down. I'm gonna round down to a seven mm-hmm. for Snowden. Yeah, because Citizen Four is the more intelligent film. 
and somehow more action packed. <laughs> you just feel the the tension more, I think. And the danger. Everyone else, everyone's lives feel like they're in danger. Whereas, like, I didn't feel like Spock or Melissa Leo or uh, yeah, that Scottish McGee. The I didn't woman feel like behind anyone. The camera was like so like, oh my gosh, I'm this just like awesome. mellow mom. Yeah, and they like, were just like this is, whatever. This is great. This is we're having a great time in Hong Kong. I'm gonna go to Germany, edit the movie, peace out. Like, <laughs> take my camera. <laughs> yeah, like you'll look like a journalist more. <laughs> Yeah, it felt really like the stakes felt lower in the in the dramatized version somehow, which is amazing. Um, yeah, the dramatized version was less dramatic, <laughs> which I don't get. Yeah, why are the stakes lower here? <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that's not really fair because a documentary, like obviously the right. stakes are higher in a yeah, documentary. You can real just feel the, life. the reality of it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But so many movies, they take stuff that was sort of boring and make it super exciting. I, know. I don't understand. I know. Uh, yeah, take more liberties, maybe even the nature right? of this new digital world we live in. We don't know how to write stories about it that don't suck yet. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, that should do it, guys. Thank you uh, for joining. We're, next week we are going to be reviewing the Magnificent Seven. If we can wake up, because we'll have been eating all that meat inside of meat that oh, you've man. been writing yeah. about. We're going to have itis for two weeks after it. Ooh. It's going to be so good. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're reviewing Magnificent Seven from Antoine Fuqua. I don't know about this one. I'm excited. Westerns are badass, right? Like is They that, are, and so, especially the Magnificent Seven. So next week, should we... like? This is a dilemma. Should I... I've never seen Seven Samurai, and I've never seen The Magnificent Seven. So do I? Like, do I need? Do we need to I do think all? Of you this? should probably like, watch both of those and read uh, the Dark Tower <laughs> novel. Um, I forget which episode. The he's wolves, not even kidding. Wolves of uh, no. Wolves, wolves of, of Kala. So in one week, I need to do all of this. Yeah, do all three of those, and then um, we're good. Okay. Uh, you know, I would recommend not watching the originals until after the fact. Maybe really. Simply because I don't think this is going to live up to either. Seven Samurai is a masterpiece. The Different ori- time, though, right? Like it's true. It it'll feel so different. But like, are you a fan of other Kurosawa films? Have you seen any? I don't even think I've seen any okay. of his movies. They they're like I feel like the the original Seven Samurai is like like telling someone who kind like you know how you like to read. <laughs> If, exclamation if, mark. If, if we were like yeah. if we were like hey check out this book it's called the odyssey or like war and peace and you're like oh okay <laughs> i'll get right on it like sort of like that okay yeah i mean i'm i guess i'm excited maybe i'm not i don't know I'm actually excited for Deepwater Horizon, which is getting surprisingly solid reviews. It looks like like the trailers make it look like a pretty gripping movie. Yeah, it's like a horror film about dying in an oil rig. Um, the next two weeks look okay. Then we're getting really into it. Arrival, Accountant, really good, nice, tight stuff. I saw an extended trailer for Accountant before uh, this movie. Uh, did you guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. It looks pretty good. Gave away a lot more. Shit. Shut um, your eyes. Yeah, I'm not going to watch any more trailers for The Accountant. Get unsullied. But do you want to know a little bit of deets? Nope. Okay. I'll <laughs> tell you after we hit stop. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at ScottWilsonBC. That's with two L's. You could follow me on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. Nice. I'm also on Twitter at Michael R. Lind. 
really good. Together, I think we're on Instagram at vertical viewing we uh, are we are we need more uh yeah superhero I, drawings i just on there. i just need to take more random pictures of stuff for we everybody. all do we're all not good okay for that um once we get some art up on the wall we'll take a bunch oh, of photos yeah. some daryl yeah we got a sweet new print for the nostromo lounge we also have a blu-ray giveaway uh we do for our listeners uh <laughs> they're still here the first person <laughs> to mention in the subject line Blu-ray giveaway will receive one or all of the following <laughs> at their request. Criminal, Jane Got a Gun, and Arbitrage. You, all three excellent films. You can be the lucky winner. Email to verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, and we, these will be yours. We will pick it anywhere in North America. We will be happy to mail these Blu-rays uh, Completely free on behalf of the Vertical Viewing Podcast. If you want to support the show... I wonder what international shipping would cost. They're not I mean, very heavy. We can cover it. We got we got very generous listeners. They're region locked to North America, so oh, that's why I would uh, not enough. want to ship sense. it internationally. Um, but you can go to the donate <laughs> button on verticalviewing.com. You can click that. You can donate through PayPal. Uh, we appreciate it. We will say your name on the air. Anything and everything you can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You will get a shout out on the air. You will also get a shout out on the air if you e just email us with any question at all. Pretty much anyone who communicates with us if gets you want to make a your, shout out. An ass of yourself on a on, you want, on live internet. If you want us to make an ass of We're you, s sort it. of live internet. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Verticalviewing.com. Click the donate button. Helps us offset the cost of seeing movies. Putting on the show. Uh, renting our little portion of yeah. the interweb. On Twitter, at Vertical Viewing. Uh, iTunes. You're going to go there. Five-star reviews are kind of required. They're encouraged heavily. Heavily encouraged. Like, you're going to give us a... Voluntold sort of thing. You're going to give us a turkey inside of a duck, inside of a blue jay, inside of a... Ooh, I've a never blue eaten... jay? I have never eaten a corvid before. <laughs> It's my favorite bird family. Oh, I don't know how goodness. I feel about that. Sounds horrible. Um, any final thoughts, kids? Uh, Do you have anything to hide? <laughs> oh, I got all sorts of shit, I'm sure. Um, I I have none. I've, I think I fall into that exhibitionist category Ooh. that we were talking about. You take the old Band-Aid off of the, the uh, laptop camera, don't you? Yeah, there's no electrical tape on my Ooh. webcam. There's definitely some on mine. The electrical tape's not on my computer. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I mean... With that, ladies and gentlemen, yes. I, would, I would remind you to do... Th thanks for tuning in. I would remind you to do what the tape does to Michael and keep it vertical. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs>